Hello, and welcome to the audio class for the second part of Quotidia, which is the Enamerum Dracana, the Unifying the Three Selves Meditation that I first presented in the Keeping Her Keys book. I'm going to do this in two parts. There'll be this brief audio class where I talk about the meditation, and then in a separate audio, I'll go right into guiding you through that meditation. So let's dive into this meditation. When I developed this meditation, going back probably about a decade ago, I had been a student of meditation for probably 20 years. I had taken meditation classes when I first became interested in the idea of calming the self and awakening the soul. So this is way back in the 90s when meditation was first moving into the popular culture. You know, it was just approaching the mainstream. It was still considered pretty woo-woo back when I got started. And I loved a lot of the meditations that I learned. Um, You know, I was fortunate to have some really esteemed teachers such as Pema Chowdhury and Deepak Chopra and so on, who were really leading the way in bringing meditation um, to those of us who were interested in healing and connecting to the deeper self. I sat on a lot of pillows, on a lot of mats, and learned over time to calm my mind and awaken what was deeper inside of me. This decades-long journey of meditation that I've been on has so transformed my life, and I welcome you into the practice of meditation. Now, when we first get started with meditation, we can think, oh, I can't just sit there quietly having no thoughts for, you know, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, and half an hour or even longer. But meditation is not about removing thoughts. It is about shifting the gaze from self to soul. So I'm going to talk about that just for a little bit, just to give you an idea Because the idea of shifting the gaze from self to soul is truly one of the most important keys that I teach. The self is more of who we are. We could call it the ego. Um, Certainly it has a shadow aspect to it. The self is who we are when we're just in the spirit of living. So we have thoughts and we're not aware that we're having thoughts. We're just having thoughts. The soul sees the thoughts from a different perspective. The soul knows that we are so much more than thoughts the self thinks it's just thoughts. 
The self doesn't know necessarily that there is a deeper world, that we are connected to Hecate, Anima Mundi, that the soul of the world, which is the translation of Anima Mundi, runs through us as well. When we shift the gaze to seeing ourselves as so much more than our thoughts, we are truly entering into the presence of Hecate, Anima Mundi, because we are seeing from soul. So let's loop back to meditation. Meditation is about shifting that gaze. So the thoughts aren't going to vanish and the goal isn't even to get all those busy thoughts of the self to just dissipate. The goal is to see those thoughts as mostly just fleeting fancies, temporary distressing ideas, and so on. It's about shifting the gaze, knowing that you have thoughts rather than feeling you are thoughts. It's a huge transformation, truly evocative of Hecate as that great transformer, you know, trimorphous, triformis. She is the transformer. And certainly trimorphous actually translates to she of three forms. So it speaks to this transformation. But yet there is a solid core that sees the transformation. And that is soul. And you can see your thoughts as, you know, these temporary things, temporary forms that come forward. And the really beautiful gift of shifting the gaze from self to soul is when we start to see from soul, all of the messages of Hecate come forward. Those synchronicities, and you can find a lesson on synchronicities in Spirita, those synchronicities come forward. Her messages become clear, and you can find more on understanding her messages in the Anasa course. We see differently. We see that we are part of this beautiful wheel of hers. We see that our lives are embedded in this grand wheel and that the wheel itself is a web of connection where we are all interwoven and we understand ourselves. We see our past wounds. We see our desires and we begin to see that we are truly temenos. We are the sacred space. That is what meditation can do for us. So if those thoughts come up, and you know they can be all kinds of thoughts, research shows that about 70% of the thoughts we have each and every day, again as long as we're seeing from self and not soul, those thoughts are rather useless and we don't do anything with them. A lot of them can be kind of disturbing, thoughts of low self-worth, thoughts of thinking others don't like us, 
uh, gossipy thoughts of other people, and so on. And that they don't really mean anything. That's our brain just pulsing away, sorting through information, working with our emotions. Things are just coming up for us to grab onto and see from soul to unpack a bit more or to just let them be, let them go away, just release them with the breath. As we shift the gaze from self to soul, we develop the ability to discern which thoughts we need to put into our sacred vessel and pursue more and which ones we're just going to put down and let them go away. You can think of your thought stream like a river, the surface river. I often talk about the deeper world um, as the river under the river. The surface river is where our thoughts and our everyday interactions, our more surface behaviors, it's where these things all abide. So think of that river, that surface river, and everything that's kind of flowing through the mind is on that river. Now see your soul standing in that river with a beautiful vessel. And the soul knows which ones to capture for further exploration and which ones just to let go of, let them float down that river. Now, how do we shift from self to soul? Oh, that is the eternal question. Many meditative techniques accomplish this. I teach a very specific technique based on an amalgam of all the different practices that I learned and it really is the synthesis of me, I'm ever the researcher, observing how my students in the meditation classes I taught years ago, how they reacted to the different meditative techniques I was teaching. In developing the Unifying the Three Cells meditation, I studied Kundalini, I studied modern shamanism, I studied Buddhism, Hinduism, Taoism, Christian mysticism, and more, seeking ways to truly heal myself and also to support my clients and students in a way that was doable with our busy lives. The central principle of the Unifying the Three Cells meditation, the key, if you like, is a Kundalini-style awakening. So I've adapted this idea that the soul is a resting serpent from Eastern philosophies and practices. Given that Hecate is so associated with the serpent, it made great sense to me to bring the idea of the soul serpent into 
my core meditative teaching. So let's talk about the serpent. You may have what I like to call some spiritual programming uh, residue from our dominant Christian culture that you might be a little bit intimidated by the idea of thinking you got a big old serpent that is your soul. So let's talk about that. Before Christianity, the serpent was sacred to the Great Mother. And if you want to dive into the Great Mother, there is um, an, a video or audio class on Hecate as the Great Mother at the top of a NASA. I totally recommend you watching that class, even pausing here if you haven't watched it already, or scribbling a note after we're done going through the quotidia to go and watch that because it's so super helpful. Okay, so now back to this serpent business. Prior to Christianity, the serpent was revered as sacred to the goddess. It was seen as the one that connected us to all things. It reminded us that we are both blessing and bane. The Ouroboros, which you may have seen before as the serpent biting its own tail, reminds us of Hecate's wheel, that all there is is cyclical and comes around again. And indeed, we can see our soul serpent within us as Hecate's great wheel. So as we awaken it and stretch it out into its fullness within us, that we are thrumming within that great wheel of hers. That as the serpent stretches into its fullness, we can see it even expanding into our own beautiful wheel. That's a lot of imagery if you're new to using active imagination to connect to soul, Hecate, and the deeper world. So let's stay focused on the symbolism of the serpent that is the soul that resides within us. Now, of course, we are so much more than a serpent, but the serpent is a way for us to focus our attention. And it's also a way for us to overcome that spiritual programming. And I just so strongly encourage you to go and work through the short course on recovery from spiritual programming that's at the top of Psychologica. Again, stop here, pause this one, note what minute you're at, or scribble a note to go and do that. Okay. So if you're with me so far on the idea of reclaiming the serpent as sacred as of the goddess and that the soul can be symbolized as a resting serpent that we awaken if we're all if we're together here we're still together here at this moment then let's get a little bit deeper into what this serpent means reclaiming the soul as serpent is reclaiming the goddess putting her center in our lives 
Now I've adapted the notion of the three cells from what we could call modern shamanic thinking. So let's talk a little bit about what those three cells are. And you can find more on the three cells within Covina as well. And I'll make sure that you've got more information on the three cells just to give you a little bit of a background. But I'm going to review it here. So listen up. Let's get through this together. Okay. So the three cells are represented as the lower self, the middle self, and the higher self. What we call here in Covina, root, heart, and crown. Now you may already be familiar with the idea of the chakras. So most of us have an idea maybe about chakras, and if you've been Uh, deep into that world, you might even know about the seven chakras that are typically discussed in Western thought. So you might even be seeing now how these three cells map perfectly onto the root chakra, the heart chakra, and the crown chakra. And that is 100% true. The root chakra, the lower self, has a physical epicenter in the body. Now this helps us to focus our attention on the root. The root, of course, permeates all of us, but its home is in the lower body. The area within the pelvis, our lower reproductive organs, the lower belly, it can be seen as the womb as well. The root is the womb. Picture the womb, and we all have wombs. It doesn't matter about our gender. The root is what kind of forms around that womb and creates it. That's the root. The root is the home of our emotions, our intuition. It is our connection to Hecate Chthonia or Thonia, some people say. They drop the uh, first letters off. And that's Hecate of the underworld. That's Hecate's cave. That's that deep, deep soul work. So that's the root and it's in our lower belly, in the pelvis, our sitting bones. And we activate that in our meditation so we become connected to our feelings and our intuition and become grounded. You know, we get rooted through working on the lower self on the root. And we begin by awakening the root and tethering the root. For most of our rituals here in Covina, and that's how we begin the meditation as well. We always want to be firmly rooted, unless we don't for some reason. So let's move up to the heart center. Physically, the heart center is located right in the middle of the body. It is 
if you're a woman or a man or if you identify as non-binary, it doesn't matter. It's still in the same location and it's right between the breasts. It's that space right there in the sternum. And you might want to take your fingers and put them on that place right now. And then take the other hand and find that lower belly place right now. And just feel those two places. And see how the lower belly is associated with intuition and emotion. And the heart center is associated with Uh, bringing what's inside of us to the outside world. So action, behavior, interaction with others. That's what the heart center is all about. And that's the middle self. The middle self is the self that is projected into everyday life. Now let's move up to the middle self the heart center. Right now, I'm asking you to just do this little exercise with me. Take your left hand and find your root. Right at the top of your pubis bone is a good place, or you can put your hand around your back to find it too, right at the top of your butt crack, to be perfectly blunt. That's a good place to kind of experience the and connect to the energy of the root and the lower self. You can take a second here just to connect before we move on to the heart center. So emotions, intuition, that's the part of our bodies that house that energy. Okay, so that's the root, the lower self. Now let's jump into the heart, the heart of the matter. So let's begin by finding the heart, which you can do with your right hand. And that way you can, we'll we'll play a little bit with the energy of the two different sections. Okay, so I've got my left hand on the top of my butt crack and I'm kind of pressing in a little bit just activating that feeling those roots and I've got my right hand on my heart center which is the epicenter of the body the torso so it's the midpoint between your breasts um, right in the sternum right there in that place so let's just see the differences in those energies And you can massage the two areas a little bit just to begin the process of connecting. So while I've got my left hand on my butt and my right hand on my heart center, which is different, of course, in the physical location of the heart, I want to talk to you about the heart center. And it's natural to start feeling some bodily tingles, even just doing the simple exercise that we're doing here together. I'm certainly getting some activation. So just uh, this this is a great technique to practice uh, without going into the full meditation. Just start it here, right? Let's start to connect to those energies. Okay, so heart center is active. It's about our interaction with others, interacting with the world, 
Uh, it's where what is inside of us becomes embodied. It's where our inner life becomes active in the physical world that is the middle world. The epithet of Hecate that we work with primarily for the middle self is Enodia, which means goddess of the roadways. To the ancients, this referred uh, to her power over the crossroads, her guiding force along the way, and how she protected thresholds. So you can see that these are all active things that we're doing in the world. She's protecting our threshold, our home, which is of the physical world, the middle world. You can see she's guiding us along our journey, which refers to our outward journey as well as our inward journey. And really importantly, as our to our behaviors and our actions, how do we live that journey? That's the energy of Enodia. Okay, so if you still have your hands on the two centers, just relax them for a moment. Give them a shake. Maybe rest them on your lap. Whatever is comfortable for you, let's just take a moment to relax. This is a lot we're discussing here. And let's not rush our way through these important keys of my teaching. Okay, I think I'm going to rub my hands on my lap a little bit. Just to get myself ready for discussing the crown. Let's review what we've discussed so far. Lower self root keeps us connected to the earth, Chthonia. It's about emotions and intuition. Middle self heart is about bringing forward into the world through action, behavior, and refers to our interaction with others connected to the middle world, which is the physical environment. Now, let's climb high into the higher self, which corresponds with the upper world. Now, I mentioned how the lower self, the root, was connected to the underworld and Hecate's cave. The middle self, the heart, is connected to Hecate's garden. That is the green world, the physical expression of the goddess. Here with the higher self and the crown, as we move up into the mind, we are connecting to Hecate's temple that abides along the starry road. This is cosmic Hecate. This is Hecate Clydocus, keeper of the keys of the universe. And it is here where we move into her mysteries in a way that speaks of ascension, of becoming so much more than an embodied 
person in one specific incarnation. Of course, the crown also includes the mind and our thoughts. And we begin to see that the mind and our thoughts are but one very surface way of experiencing our vast intellect. Meditation, as I've previously discussed in this class, isn't about getting rid of the thoughts. It's about shifting the gaze from self to soul. Here, when we come to that thinking higher self and begin to activate our crown as a true priestess or other sacred title of your choosing of beloved Hecate, we see the serpent open her eyes so that she sees that she is so much more and she sees that door to the temple of Hecate and climbs those stairs. Just like we stretch our roots down energetically to tether us to the earth and we open the heart to the natural world and to others and as we become through the heart who we truly are we can see the crown as having branches that stretch right up to that temple that is along the starry road. And that is a short description of the three cells. Our meditation is a daily practice of awakening this soul serpent that soul serpent that begins in the root where its tail stretches out all those roots to the earth tethering us balancing us and so on grounding us is the popular way of discussing the what the the tail of the serpent does for us and then the middle of the serpent the heart of the serpent is of course our middle self and we stretch that out and then we go right up into the higher self, the lower reaches of the higher self, which are mind. And we start to ascend into the higher echelons of the higher self, which is that vast knowing of the soul. Now, if you want to add a layer of understanding to the meditation, you can see the lower area of the serpent, that resting coil of the root, as black, a beautiful shimmering black. And the middle section that runs up through us is red, beautiful, glistening, active red. And then the higher self is a beautiful crystalline white. Now, there aren't hard divisions between these three colors. They merge into each other, swirling and spiraling, creating countless little wheels within our individual wheel. If you know some physiology, 
you can see this at the cellular level as well, that each cell contains the essence of the three cells and that these three colors are always blending and merging and that they form these wheels. Although our perception is that the root is dominantly this healing black, the heart is dominantly this active red, and the crown is dominantly this beautiful white. So let's go through the color exercise just a bit here. Put your hand on that lower self and start to see it as this shimmering black. You know, the night sky on a perfect night, the night of the new moon, when it is black, that is the most sacred night to Hecate. And you can put your other hand now on the heart, relaxing the heart from the root and seeing this as this pulsing, living, red energy that just wants to share your truth with the whole world. And then if you like touch that middle of the forehead and just see how touching it calms monkey thoughts jumping around and you start to see the gaze transform to that of the soul and you start to feel that pull upwards to the temple. Black, red, and white. Now these three colors were associated with Hecate, again linking back to her three-formed nature. And there is a fabulous affirmation of the three colors, black as night, red as blood, white as stars, that you can say to help connect to the power of the colors, black for the cave, red for the garden, white for the temple. Before we get into the actual meditation, I want to briefly talk about the hand positions. I get asked a lot about the hand positions I've written about, and here's what I recommend. Start just by listening to the meditation. If you want to add the mudras, the hand positions, you'll find a video training on adding them that you can go deeper into the experience of the meditation. Training our hands to be sacred tools is a fabulous way of really connecting not only to Hecate, 
into the soul, but also when our, with our practice of magicaea, seeing our hands as those sacred tools really changes how we perceive magic. So I do recommend that you work with those mudras at some point, but if you're beginning at the beginning, let's just go through the meditation as a pure awakening. I encourage you to sit with what I've just discussed in this class for a few days, make some notes, practice connecting to the three centers of root, heart, and crown, journaling about them. How do you experience your root? How do you experience your heart? How do you experience your crown? looking in your dreams and you can go to that dream course in Spirita to go deeper into understanding your dreams. Just going with these three key centers, these loci, L-O-C-I, which is the plural of locus, L-O-C-U-S. And those are Latin terms that reflect these three centers. So we would say we have the root locus, the heart locus, and the higher self locus, and together they become the loci clase, the key focal centers of the body for awakening both the physical self, because I'm sure you're feeling things in your body now, even just going through these exercises and listening to this class, you're feeling sensations in the body. And that is the beginning of the breakdown of the illusion of separation, that there is a soul and that there is a self and that they are disparate. And this also works on the grander scale. You know, I have a tattoo on my wrist that says, as above, so below, as within, so without. And that mantra really speaks to the breaking of this illusion of separation. When we shift the gaze from self to soul, not only do we see ourselves as so much more than our surface self and our embodied experience, but we unify, we reunite the soul with the body. And so much of what we're taught in our culture is about separating soul from body and mind. Think about it. You know, as long as we just stay in body and mind, we're not connected to the root, heart, and crown, we stay entrapped within the programming, which can be Christian, which can be consumerism, because the soul doesn't need those things. The soul has its own religion. The soul knows what we need to heal. And we live in a culture that denigrates soul and venerates ego, surface self, and those things. So it's a really a radical transformation that you're embarking on with me. I am so appreciative of you taking this journey with me. In the next audio, you'll find me guiding you through the meditation itself.